welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good, we're still in the middle, well we got a break from the heat wave, but we're back into it, so I'm still a little, you know, after I get done with work, but mm-hmm. other than that I'm great. Cool, nice. Uh, what have you been playing with in the last week? Well, I've been bouncing around a couple games. Uh, nothing really of note until the uh, time lockout expired on Division 2's uh, first batch of DLC, mm-hmm. uh, which takes a place. I don't know if it's an actual college or a fictional college they invented up, but you basically go OTM, uh, which is slang for off the map. So okay. that's when they add DLC that's not based in the map that's already been established. It just loads you into a different area. Um, and I actually kind of like it because, for one, it's solo story-based, which I'm always grateful that it is solo story-based. Now, it is level 30, um, so you want to be maxed out at level, and you want to have at least a gear score of 400 before you jump into it. But the way it works is you're investigating an enemy faction at this college, and there's four investigation points, and each investigation point has three things you can investigate, and it's all completely non-linear. So you can go to any point you want and then investigate whichever thing you want in that order um and then it all eventually feeds into each other i've only got about a third of it done so far so i want to try to finish it up here within the next couple of days uh but it's making me like division two even more because they will add non-linear story-based dlc instead of just you know more raid maps and more group maps and you know you for guys forget i don't go to raids and groups oh we don't care we're just doing this anyway all right, cool. Uh, but yeah, you're enjoying it overall? Your Division 2 experience? Absolutely. Cool, nice. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of... I, I was thinking about the Division again, and then I was thinking about, you know, um, hopefully they do make that narrative, narrative-based narrative game they were hinting at last week, I think, one of the developers or whatever. We talked about it last week on the on the podcast. That would just be simply so much more interesting to me. Because I think the gameplay is great and everything. I just want more of a... Uh, more stuff in there to... to uh, kind of matter to, to me I, I guess in terms of characters and, and stuff like that so because uh, it's a bit more of like a destiny type game and I just have fallen off of those I suppose um, anything else that you've played I mean I played a little bit of this and that but nothing that wound up you know catching my interest and in being something that I need to talk about so okay um, cool, so I downloaded, I jumped back into a couple of VR games, if you've noticed I've not talked about them uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, simply because um, I didn't have any games to play on VR. Uh, so I got sent a couple of games, and I also bought one in the uh, PlayStation sale, which I think is still happening, the uh, the summer sale that I mentioned last week, which does still mean that The Witcher 3 is uh, on sale for £10 in the UK, which is the Game of the Year edition. Just go and do yourself a favour and buy that. Uh, I mentioned it last week. It's still it was on sale yesterday, so not sure if it's still there today, but it was there yesterday. So go and have a look uh, if you want a cool uh, sword game, I suppose. Um, yeah, so I downloaded this or play uh, bought this game called uh, Carnival uh, Games VR, and it's it's simply as simple as what it sounds. You sort of go in there and you do uh, what did they have? They had this. Um, you throw the ball at these like cans and stuff and you have to knock knock them all down and that and they had this like darts game thing where there was this balloons and there was like a bullseye type thing they also had this uh like throw the ring over the sticks or whatever uh, i can't remember all the specific names of the games they do have specific names they also had this climbing game which climbing is kind of interesting in vr the last one i played that had that was um blood and truth had some 
climbing in VR and stuff. Just a case of you know the the your character will move as you move and stuff when you can climb, um, and that was kind of interesting as well. But yeah, it was just a fun little game to kind of jump into and. Um, Basically, when you enter the the main menu or the main the main menu is basically the front of the park sort of thing, um, and you've got like these I think it's five or six different like gates and they all have different themed things in there, uh, and then you go mm-hmm. in there and you and you start playing a couple of the games, and basically you get like tickets for when you reach certain high scores and stuff like that, and um, so things were going really well with that, and basically um, when when you exit a game it gives you this like uh, pretty much the same menu that you get when you are at the front gate, but it gives you that as to where um, it's the same thing, but you're in a different area, so like a different menu as to when you uh, enter the the other areas from the, from the main menu. Uh, and when you look to your left, you'll have this prize thing in there, and uh, it gives you like you know you have um, there's two at the front of each um, prize game thing, and uh, you'll be able to unlock the other the other games are locked so it's kind of a cool like progression thing to where if you're aiming for one or two stars it gives you i think 10 or 5 tickets and then you build that up to where some of the games are 35 tickets or 45 or some of them are like 25 or whatever and then you sort of go through and unlock unlock that and it gives you a good sense of sort of progression and everything uh, i unlocked all the games in there and then it got to this point where um was it there was t- there was these two levels that were left and i i was going through all of the the different games in there and checking out all the different menus and it wasn't telling it wasn't giving me a like prize thing for it so i clicked on the the gates themselves and it said do you want to go to the playstation store so i was like okay i go over there and uh, the last two gates basically are uh, dlc um which were £5.50 I think for for both of them and they contain three mini games each but the problem with that and the difference with that is sure you can go in there and you can pay and you can uh, and uh, unlock the other two levels but once you go in there there's nothing extra to unlock because basically when you go in the first gate like the first first gate that you unlock in the game you go in there and that unlocks the other gates which then when you go in those you have mini games within there that you have to unlock in that specific menu but when you buy the two gates for the DLC stuff you don't have anything else left to unlock am I, am I making sense basically yeah, there's no when you when you go in the two DLC gates basically there's no um, prize stuff that you can get unlike the other ones so there's no further games to unlock they're all just unlocked after that so uh, yeah the games themselves are, are kind of cool um, the one that I found the most fun is is the golf one um just because i was getting slightly better at it as i was as i was going along um but yeah the one the other one that i've had a lot of fun with is the um where you're throwing the ball at the other cans and stuff so yeah there's some there's some cool mini games in there so uh there's a there's maybe like whether you have a a review or something just because there's the added dlc stuff and it kind of kind of takes away from the the feel of progression that the game kind of gives you so i don't know but um it's it's fun as well so and they're nice and sort of easy VR games to play like there's not too much crazy stuff sort of happening like you're basically just throwing a ball or you're throwing a dart or you're um, pretty much just doing basic things like that so uh, it's also yeah because I remember um, a couple of months ago somebody did email in and they said like what's a what's a good kind of steady VR game to kind of jump into and I remember saying um, tumble VR uh, I do think that the carnival games are good for that as well so I'd recommend that that's been the main thing I've been playing 
I got sent this game today, which I'm very excited to start playing. It's called Apex Constructs. Have you heard of that? It's basically, um, well, I was, I was going to try and compare it to Horizon Zero Dawn, but it's sort of not the same thing. Obviously, it's a first-person game. It's when you, it's where you have this um, bow and arrow, and uh, you'll be going through these like linear sort of levels, um, and you can activate a shield at the front of your bow, basically. So when the enemies are shooting at you, you can kind of put that up and I guess block the the bullets and everything, all the projectiles, and then it it's kind of obvious that it will use the two move controllers just so that you can probably load the, the arrow with one controller and aim with the other one probably, uh, but that looks really, really cool, I'm excited to try and uh, jump into that tomorrow, but yeah, that's been the main thing I've been playing is the, is the carnival stuff, which, you know, nice, easy, kind of fun games to play, so, uh, and I've also got um, Monster Hunter, um, the, but the, the Switch one, which is called Generations and Monster Hunter, um, the, the main one on the PS4, because um, I want to see if I can kind of jump back in there and, and do some stuff, but yeah, that's what I've been playing, so uh, let's move into some housekeeping and then let you know what else we've been doing on Entertainment Talk. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk today, me and David went through and uh, actually ranked all of the MCU films that have come out so far. He hasn't actually seen Spider-Man Far From Home, so he had to leave that one off of his list. Uh, but he had the other 22 films that were on the list. Um, so he went first, then we did the break housekeeping stuff, and then I went through and uh, ranked all of mine. So now that the Infinity Saga is finished, and now that uh, Phase 3 has finished, uh, we went through and uh, ranked those as well. And there was no spoilers for anything really in there uh, we also did a little bit after we'd finished doing that we did talk about uh, some of the phase four announcements which we talked about a few times here as well so uh yeah go and check that out i really really enjoyed doing that today so uh i did a discussion piece on netflix and their 13 episode drama seasons and how they're often three episodes too many uh which is a common thing that i've kind of seen people saying as well so uh, i discussed that and kind of compared it to you know hbo amazon hulu all those cool places or streaming services uh did a couple of changes to the menu on the website which meant some uh posts needed to go up basically uh i basically changed the not the, the not the website design but the the menu for it the drop down menu that you can use uh, i added an on-air tv section i think that's fairly self-explanatory uh, i added a more and other section that's basically where some of our other content that isn't listed specifically under certain things that's all kind of been put in there so things like the man united podcast the superhero stuff uh, not the cw superheroes the uh, just the superheroes category uh, things like the chat podcast and like netflix and some of those other categories so if there's something that you can't find in 
uh, one of the particular drop down menus look in the more and other section and it's likely to be in there uh, following from the on air tv section i put an off air tv section so if something goes off air and we finish covering it i'll move it to uh, that section as well uh, some other TV seasons, I did two season 1 reviews for Amazon, uh, one was for The Boys and one was for Hannah, both spoiler free and spoiler split, so if you've not seen either of those you can still listen to the first part of that at least, uh, and if you've not started The Boys I did do a uh, 101 and 102 spoiler free impressions podcast for the first two episodes of season 1. Uh, last week, me and Robert did another Q&A uh, podcast. You guys sent him some questions, so we answered them. Uh, so you can go and listen to that as well. If you search for Q&A on the website, you'll be able to find parts 1 and 2. Um, but I might, what I might do is make a Q&A category and then put that in the more and other section. So uh, look out for those as well. Last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about Disney potentially wanting to acquire... Uh, Activision Blizzard, we talked about Apple and the VR, AR stuff that we talked about and there was a bunch of other stuff as well uh, and that's what we've been up to on entertainmenttalk.org or on podcast platforms. Oh yes, previously to today we recorded a uh, iZombie podcast as well for the two the, the two, I guess, Panorama episodes up to episode 12 uh, and next week will be the series finale so we'll come back and discuss that next week but that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's move into some news What would you like to talk about today? Well, we've got <clears throat> a ton of stuff mm. um, news-wise, and because mm. of the way the situation works, about half of my news is uh, Epic Store or Epic uh, Company heavy. So I'm going to go ahead and knock out all the non-Epic stuff first to get it out of the way. Okay. Uh, first up, we have the uh, PS Plus games announced for August. Mm-hmm. The first one up is Wipeout Omega Con- uh, Con- Collection which is a complete remaster of Wipeout HD, Wipeout HD Fury Expansion, and Wipeout 2048. And this is just racing games, so we've got 26 tracks, 46 models, uh, 9 game modes. So if you're a racing fan aficionado for me, this is a great collection. Uh, Wipeout 2048 is actually the game that I mentioned a couple podcasts ago where they actually had commercials in the game. Uh, So I don't know if the commercials are still in or not, so we'll see... I mean, I'm gonna. It's free. I've got a year subscription. I actually added a year subscription to my PS Plus because during the Amazon Prime sale, it was on sale for forty bucks. So I'll go ahead and add that an extra year for forty bucks. Is no big deal. Uh, so we'll see if that's in the game or not. Uh, if you're not a racing fan, the other game this month is Sniper Elite Four, which is a third person, very slow, very turlish. You know, fun. Find a safe spot, line up your shot, and take out the enemy. Uh, set in 1943 Italy during the Second World War. So if you're more of a uh, turtleish kind of slow player, then mm-hmm. that's definitely a game for you. Have you played either of those games? I've played Sniper Elite, I think, 3 on uh, Xbox, and I, I didn't like it very much. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like the game was trying to get me to obviously use my sniper a lot, hence the title. But was putting me in situations that would be much better suited for like an assault rifle. At least from what I remember, it was this was probably like two or three years ago. So 
you know, and I don't remember that much of the game. Uh, but I remember just, like, I thought it was going to be, like, I was off on the side somewhere and I'd have to aim in to certain parts of, of, of maps. But that didn't seem to be what was going on, at least from what I remember. So, um, yeah, I just didn't, it didn't really click with me. So, uh, I probably won't try out Sniper Elite 4. Uh, yeah, believe, the sniper. Go ahead. Sorry. I believe that the uh, wipeout game comes with the VR mode as well, uh, so that's what has me more interested. So, because um, I've heard that that's pretty good, the wipeout VR game. So, I might jump in with that. Yeah, as a racer, it's really good. Um, it's set in very futuristic, so it doesn't have to do- obey all the laws of physics. So you know, you can do wall rides and jumps and things like that. Uh, as for the Sniper Elite, um, if you ever played any or seen any of the gameplay from the updated-ish Mortal Kombat series in the X-Ray mode, um, the Sniper Elite does have an X-Ray mode. They actually kind of sort of-ish invented it to where some shots you'll take, like it'll go through a body part, you know, switch to X-Ray mode. It'll be like super graphic in like a very anesthetic kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see bones break and things like that. I don't know about the PS4 if there's a trophy, but I know on the Xbox there's an achievement for the number of testicle shots you can get, which is equal parts disturbing and just. Uh. Yeah. Um, but past that, I mean, it's I mean they gotta come up with achievements for something, so I don't hate on them for doing that. That's just as a guy that just makes me kind of cringe a little bit. So. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I mean the the X-ray stuff because I rem- I do remember that from um. When I played the third game, uh, I did find that quite an interesting part, just because you could see like specifically what was breaking, what was happening, rather than you just like shooting someone in the, in the chest and a bit of blood flies out. Um, I mean, it's not like necessary or required, but it just added a bit of extra level of like detail that was just simply interesting. So, and it was kind of one of the game's bigger selling points, which is like you know you shoot this rifle bullet or this sniper bullet from a distance, and you can just see it fly into the guy and see kind of what happens. So. Yeah, but it, it just never clicked with me, the, the third one. So. Yeah, it, it was definitely done uh, for the spectacle. No difference than when uh, Fallout Fallout 3 switched from like the, the third-person isometric to the first-person slash third-person-ish, and then the VAT system. Yeah, And then you had that slow-mo when you had a critical to where body parts could go flying. I mean, it's, it's there for the, the, the shock factor. And I'm not hating on it. It is what it is. It's just something you should be aware of before you get into it. So Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what else do you have to talk about today? Uh, well, another huge announcement. Um, the Outer Worlds, which is the Microsoft-owned studio Obsidian Entertainment, which has done some great RPGs, and they've get, been getting a lot of love for all the demos and all the information that's come out for the Outer Worlds. And I announced uh, yesterday that that game will be coming to the Switch. Now, it's not going to be a launch date, so this day that's coming up here in a couple, three months to when the Outer Worlds will be hitting uh, uh, Xbox Live uh, Game Pass um, and being launched on the PS4, it won't be out then. Uh, They haven't announced the date, Uh, but the fact that the Outer Worlds is coming to the Switch just shows that Microsoft's commitment is to games and not to exclusives. Because uh, they could have easily, when they acquired the studio, said, oh, this is going to be on Xbox only. They're like, nope, we love, just love games, and everybody loves games. And go ahead and send it to the uh, the Switch. We'll just, you know, reap the benefits of however many sales it gets on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, have you seen any is, of this game? This is where I'll, where I'll be uh, playing it. I'll be getting it on, uh, on the Switch. 
Um, yeah, I, I've seen some. Uh, I think I think basically what they've shown at, e- at the E3 because I think they've shown it twice at E3 this year and last mm-hmm. year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, it looks interesting. It looks you know very Fallout esque, which I'm not like a, a big big fan, but I'm interested enough to where I will at least try it and uh, given the fact of, of the uh, portability, portability option I can't speak right now um, and that sort of stuff um, I'm going to be getting on the Switch so it, it, even if that kind of means waiting like two months or something or, or however long it is it's not like right at the top of my sort of want to play list but it's something to where you know I'm interested enough to where I do want to play it uh, so I'll be able to uh, wait for it so um, I'm guessing you're going to get it on uh, Xbox so on a Game Pass, or yeah, yeah, it's part of Game Pass, so I'm gonna be playing it. It's definitely a game I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but past that, I mean, it's just one of the things I don't want to spoil it too much. So, spoil what? The game in terms of like the story or anything. I don't want to get too much into the specifics of what's in the game because I don't want to have it spoiled for me. Oh, okay, right. I see what you mean. But yeah, um, great option for you know because it's gonna be. Did they say PS4 as well for? For this, for, yeah, uh, it's not it's not exclusive to Xbox. It's coming out mm-hmm. um, at launch. It's going to be PC, Xbox, and PS4, and then at some point it will be on uh, um, Switch. The Switch, but there's no uh, specific time when. Mm-hmm. Cool. But yeah, that's where I'll be getting it. So that that announcement made me kind of happy. So um, we'll see what the game turns out like. Have they given a release date for that? Or am I forgetting like everything? <laughs> yeah, give me a second here to look it up. Alright. Do, 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 let the magic Google machine. October 25th is a release date, so not that far away because. Great, so same day as Call of Duty. Tomorrow at the time of recording. Uh, and, um. What's that game called? Med- medieval. Sorry, Cray. <laughs> three three yeah. games I'm interested yeah, in we're... on the same day. <laughs> yeah, we're recording the last day of uh, July, and mm-hmm. so we've got August, uh, September, and October. So it's uh, coming out faster than we think. Yeah. Uh, well, let me. Why does this happen every year? Where like you've got. So now you've got Medieval. You've got uh, Call of Duty. I think it's just called Modern Warfare. Cause it's a reboot, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You've got that, and you've got this coming out on the same day. Why is it that when there's so much time in June and July, to where there hasn't been that many games coming out in the last two months, these three games have been like, cool, we're all come out on the 25th of October. Why does that? That happens every year. Um, like it gets talked over November, and all every developer's like, sure, we'll release our games all within like two months or th- or three months. It, it, I I just never quite understand it. So, um, because I think if a game like Medieval did come out in July or something, it would get a lot more attention than to where if it comes out, um, you know, on the same day as one of the probably the best selling games of the year, Call of Duty, uh, and the Outer Wilds will probably do quite well as well. But um, yeah, I think within that mix, I think. That medieval's gonna get a little less uh, fanfare, so that's unfortunate. But we can't control when these games come out. So, um, mm-hmm. but but do you kind of agree with that? That like we have these weird summer months to where like not much comes out, and then suddenly September, October, November come around, and it's like, hey, let's release everything in one go. Um, it's it's kind of silly in a way. Yeah, I mean, with the seasons, and when when I say seasons, I mean like there's times when the average gamer. He's going to be starting school, going to be having a break for holidays, for classes, things like that. There's always yeah. going to be benches up, but then there's always going to be dead release times. And that's when great games know their audience and can slide it in. Because I very specifically remember 
when Mass Effect 2 came out, it launched in January, and everybody was losing their shit because normally January is an absolute dead-ass month yeah. uh, for yeah. games because, you know, we're just past the holiday season. Everybody got their holiday games. But then they launched, and they're just like, hey, let's uh, launch a game when everybody might have, like, store gift cards that they got from Grandma for Christmas that they don't know what to do mm-hmm. with. And let's launch an awesome-ass game when everybody's probably done and not quite back to school yet and go from there. And it it was a great game. I think mean, it was a great game regardless, but the timing of it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Which Mass Effect 2, did you say? 2 or 3, but I'm like 90-ish percent 2 it was 2. 2 is the best one in the in the trilogy to me. So, mm-hmm. uh, Alright, cool. What else do you have to talk about today? A weird kind of post from uh, Xbox Live Major Nelson off his Twitter account. He posted a uh, image for coming soon for games that was coming to uh, Xbox Game Pass. But that's not the interesting thing. He posted uh, six games, but two very specifically say console and two very specifically said uh, PC. So for August 1st, there's Ashes Cricket for console. There's Pandemic for console. And there's Downwell for PC. And then August 8th, there's Jackbox Party 2 for console. And then Space Hulk Tactics for PC. And then on August 14th, there's Slay the the Spire for console. And I was kind of ish under the impression that for Game Pass, it was going to be all everything. So if something went to Game Pass, it was going to be PC and console. But it looks like some games are going to be specific to the console, and then some games are going to be specific to the PC, which I find interesting and kind of odd at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the case that you know certain games that are more PC based, I suppose, like some real time strategy and stuff like that, will probably fit a lot better on um, PC, and then you'll probably have certain console games that just you know work the other way, I suppose. Um, but yeah, they. I, I mean, it's interesting that. You know, obviously in the last couple of years, pretty much ever since they said that Xbox games are going to start coming to PC, they've edged just closer and closer and closer to that. And with this year's announcement, obviously, uh, Game Pass Ultimate and having the PC uh, PC games be on Game Pass because uh, they're the same e- ecosystem. Um, yeah, it, ca- it kind of makes sense that they would start to do that, but it is a simple case that like some PC games just won't be on console so you'll only be able to get them on the the pc side of the game pass but then again if you have ultimate and you have an xbox and a pc you'll be able to basically play all of them so um i guess that's just how they're gonna start doing things going forward and i do like how cause i remember a couple of weeks ago or i think it might have been the last uh game pass announcement thing they started having the little symbols didn't they to where it had a console and it had a a pc thing to let you know like what could what could what could be uh played where and stuff like that so um, yeah, that could be interesting going forward. Obviously, I'm not going to do any PC gaming, so none of that stuff is going to apply to me. But uh, it's a good way to make things um, slightly clearer, if they, uh, even though they don't necessarily always need to be, I suppose. But it's a good way to make that clearer to uh, certain audience members, so or certain gamers, I suppose. Um, yeah, what, what do you? What else do you think of uh, this situation? Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily agree with Space Hulk Tactics because that's more of a third-person asymmetric uh, tactical game along the lines of XCOM, which I've talked about repeatedly on this podcast. Yeah. And everybody knows I'm a fan of it, so I'm absolutely going to download it. Uh, unfortunately, um, since we are recording on the 31st, it'll come out after we record our next podcast, so we'll be able to talk about it next week. But week after that, 
I'll at least be able to try it and see how it works on the PC and see how Xbox Game Pass on the PC works. So I'll be able to give a little bit of a report on that. But past that, it's just a waiting game. It's just to see. None of those other games I'm even remotely interested in. Me neither. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're you're you live in the UK and you don't even aren't interested in a cricket sports game. I mean, how do you think anybody that lives in the states is gonna feel about that? Mm-hmm. Most people don't even know what the fuck cricket is or how the fuck it plays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting you say that because uh, England won the cricket World Cup a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But, uh, aside from that, I've like not tuned into anything. Cricket related, cricket related, but then you know, given the fact that we have a football podcast and it's Man United based, that tells you what area of sports I focus in. So, which is more than enough already for me. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, not even that. I mean, I I would be willing to bet at least ten percent of the people that play cricket don't even know how the game plays. Mm-hmm. It's just that can at least for me, from someone on the outside, having tried to have the rules explained to them. I have no idea what it is. I'd be willing to bet ten percent of the people that play just don't know how the rule is, and just accept whatever the uh, umpires or referees or whatever they're called says is actually mm-hmm. true. Yeah. I wouldn't have any way of knowing. Yeah, um, I'm curious to know how how do you actually access Game Pass on PC? I might I know that might sound like a really stupid thing to say, but you know, with Xbox, you simply turn it on and you scroll to the Game Pass tab, and then you go from there. And that's not a stupid question. That's part of the thing that I'm going to have to figure out is hmm. does it go through the uh, Windows 10 store or does it go through something else or is there a third uh, option that I don't know? I assume there was maybe like because there's the, the Xbox app isn't there on PC which if I click on my start I'm mm-hmm. going to open it because it will slow everything down but if I click on the start menu um, yeah there's an Xbox app which I have used before to uh, try out some of the um, streaming to PC stuff. Um, so I know that that's there. That I, I know that's probably one of the options, but I'm guessing you can't go to like Xbox.com and then go from there. I, I don't know. So um, yeah, I mean, I I have the Xbox app open, but all I can really do is look to see who's playing what on it, Xbox, signed into their Xbox account, or you know, see what my achievements are on a certain game. So mm-hmm. so there's no like Game Pass tab or anything. Not that I've seen, but I haven't really had a chance to really dig into it. So that's mm-hmm. part of what I'm going to have to explore. Yeah, they might have updated it last time I looked at it as well. So because mm-hmm. that was maybe like a year or so ago, so they've probably updated it. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing they have to talk about that's non-epic related is we got a bunch of new details for Cyberpunk 2077. And since it's not April 2020 yet, I do have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did list a lot of new things that are coming in the game and features that you can explore. I'm not going to go through all of them. I just want to hit a couple highlights. Okay. Uh, the first one is is that you can start a conversation with an NPC without having to leave your motorcycle or car, which is kind of weird when you oh. think about that we haven't had that yet. Uh, but that's actually a, a, a time saver in certain things because you can you don't have to get off your bike do the NPC interaction, get back on your bike, you can just kind of go from there, just like you would do in normal life. Mm-hmm. I think you can do that on, um, yeah, on Red Dead. You can, like, if you're on a horse or something, you can just, um, it comes up with, like, NPC or something, you press L2 or LT or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it says, like, greet or antagonize or something. So um, I'm not saying that, like, Red Dead 2 is the cause of this. They might have had the idea a long time ago because this game has been in development for... A long time as well but it's cool that's something that like yeah like you said it's something very simple you might not have thought of but um you know for you to be able because like what about if you start 
talking to an NPC and someone starts shooting at you, you've then got a you're then if you're then already in your car or on your bike, you can then start driving. Um, as opposed to like having to ignore the NPC or whatever and then get back in the car. I mean, simple things like that could be uh, a little bit more helpful. I think that actually, actually happened to me on Red Dead, where I've been interacting with like an NPC, and because you know the gang that you're in, you do get like random people that attack you, and they say like, "Hey, you're in with Dutch or whatever," and then they'll try and attack you. So uh, trying to get away from those kind of guys is uh, helpful if you're already on your horse. So um, cool. What else did they list? Uh, well, another thing they listed was religion. Um, according to the pull quote from the article, religions are still very present in Night City. Our vision of cyberpunk is not to describe an alternative reality, but a continuity from our own world. Some things will look like our current reality. For example, Christianity is still present in the game and will even be a faction, which I found interesting because a lot of like mm. the futuristic just assumes that there will be no religion in the future, and they're just going to say, yeah, it, it's here, and you can interact with it, and we'll just go from there. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not something I recall seeing too much in games, um, and it'll be interesting if you have, like, how many of those characters you'll maybe interact with, and obviously they'll have different viewpoints on the world and stuff, because they're different religions. Um, yeah, the- the only prominent one that I ever really remember is from the Fallout series, specifically Fallout 3 and the Children of the Atom, which worship the atomic bomb, which to, to a certain extent makes sense. I mean, you know, if bombs drop and nuke everybody, sooner or later people are going to start a religion around it. I mean, hell, I don't know about the UK, but some people start religion around, you know, sports figures here in the US. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's something that I can absolutely see happening. So I do like the fact that they're just going to say, yeah, this is our world as you know it now, like present day, and now we're zipping seventy-ish, you know, sixty-ish years in the future. Some things you'll recognize, such as religion. And in addendum to that, um, it says the journalist says that the presence of religion is likely to create a scandal. Uh, we will not avoid any subject, even if it may offend the sensitivity of some. We are not here to say whether it's good or bad. Which, as I like, I like the fact that we can. You know, at least some people can still talk about stuff without having to worry. Oh, we might can't say this. Um, might offend somebody. Let's just let's just talk. Let's just start a conversation. Mm-hmm. There's been certain like not anything like particularly bad, but to where you know me and you know how sensitive certain people are and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been certain things I've like gone to say on podcasts, but all like okay, that's not an awful thing to say, but it like might piss some people off. Uh, to where I've just left those things out. Not not something too vital to where it's like a plot point or something like that. But um, yeah, cer- certain things like that I've I've sort of left out just just because of like the the day and age that we live in, and it's so easy to offend people, um, which does in some cases make it hard to podcast on certain things. But um, oh, absolutely, I've yeah. had to self edit myself several times on several different subjects because of that. Yeah, um, even though you know on all of our podcast by default i put the explicit thing on just you know for the sake of putting it on there um but uh yeah it's it's i i would say i hope this doesn't get too political in the game this whole religious stuff but i guess it's probably gonna go in that sort of direction but um because yeah there's been certain things to where you know people's posted political things about stuff that I didn't even think necessarily applied to politics. I know that might sound kind of silly in certain situations, but like really just like cartoons and really basic stuff like that to where 
people have got offended about just the most basic of things so i mean that's kind of it's kind of almost melded itself into everyday life and we've sort of all gotten used to it which is a bit of a shame in a way but um yeah it, it just depends uh, i guess the plots that they write and stuff around this so yeah and like i've always said it's not that i don't mind discussing politics or religion or anything like that i just don't like it when one side is determined to be the absolute right side and then they use that as a cudgel to beat down anybody that disagrees with them i'm more than willing to have a conversation with pretty much anybody but if you're coming from a position to uh I'm absolutely right, and nothing you say will change my mind about how absolutely right I am, then what incentive do I have to even bother talking with you because you won't change your mind and you're assuming that I'm wrong with everything I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my best friends that I consider like a, a good, really good friend that I would literally do anything for, her and I differ on pretty much everything politically. I mean, like, diametrically opposed to pretty much everything. But when we have discussions, she always comes from, of, this is what I've experienced and this is what I think. And I've always come to, well, this is what I've experienced and this is what I think. And then we have very long conversations differing with opinions on things. But we can we never really, you know, clash over it because we both are like, okay, well, this is what we think. Now we've shared to each other what we think. Okay, let's go on from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sadly, that's not the way most of the world is. And most of the world is, this is what I think. This must be the only way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what they put in the game in in terms of that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. What else did they did they put down or list? Uh, a couple of minor things about you know how skill tree. Not even like the specifics of skill trees, but how. You know, you don't have to do a skill to improve a skill. There's ways to boost it without it. You know, all the basic stuff you expect. Those were kind of the highlights of things that I found interesting past that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be an ambitious game. Um, I have full faith, full faith in a CD Projekt Red, not just because of The Witcher 3. Literally not just because of The Witcher 3, but because of all the good things that they've said leading up to the game you know we want everybody i think it was last week we were talking about the pre-order bonuses and stuff like hey we mm-hmm. want everybody to play the same game at launch we're not having any early access stuff we're not having any uh deluxe editions or phoenix editions or um universe editions or whatever the hell we want to call them mm-hmm. um we're gonna have the same thing we're gonna have no microtransactions there might be dlc which is like probably going to be extended stuff because i mean if if you were to look at The Witcher 3 and then say, hey, this other two DLC things they are were left out of the game, I think you're asking for maybe too much because, I mean, The Witcher 3 on its own, the main game itself, is extremely long. Um, so, oh, absolutely. Because um, sometimes you'll see, like, hey, this DLC story thing for this or that, and some people will say, like, hey, this is the thing that they pulled out of the game and sold separately. I really don't think you can make that argument for uh, Witcher 3 just because that main game is so, so long. Um, and uh, not in like a it's dragged out way, but just it's a really long story. It's a long story for them to tell. Um, so yeah, there might be like mini DLC chapters that they do like they did with Witcher 3, which I think is fine because given the fact of what world they'll be, they are building here, it's probably going to be around the same length as the Witcher 3, I would guess. Uh, that means you're probably in for quite a uh, lengthy good game. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all looking good so far, and I can't really see any reason as to why they might uh, mess certain things up. So, and I know you're excited for the game as well. So, 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm just like twitching with anticipation. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come out. Cool, which is weird because it comes out day before my birthday and not yours. <laughs> there you but, go. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's up to CD Projekt Red to decide. So uh, there you go. Um, cool. What else? You uh, yeah, you said that. Was there any other bits from that? Well, I got four more quick stories. Um, three involved Epic, and I'll blow through those real quick because they are kind of quick, and then I'll get back to my last story that's not. Okay. Um, the uh, Fortnite, the first Fortnite World Championship tournament was held over the weekend. And it created some instant millionaires. Um, uh, Kyle Giesdorf, I think that's how you pronounce it, G-E-I-R-S-D-O-R-F, goes by his video game handle Booga, B-U-G-H-A, won the $3 million grand prize um, Sunday at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, For those people that don't know, Arthur Ashe was a very famous uh, tennis player back in the 70s-ish, early 80s. He was kind of the precursor to the Venus and Serena Williams phenomenon. Um, he was huge back in the day. Um, uh, Gerstoff isn't the only instant millionaire. Uh, Emil Berquist Prusden, a 16-year-old from Norway known as Nighthawks, uh, and Australian's uh, David Wang, a 17-year-old who uses the handle Aqua, uh, won the Duos Championship. They split a $3 million prize. And the reason why these numbers are so huge is because the entire um, Fortnite championship tournament was a total between the solos, the duos, and the teams uh, was a $30 million prize pool. So that $30 million got split between millions of players. Uh, another notable, notable uh, Jaden Ashman from Essex is splitting a $2.25 million U.S., which is a $1.8 million uh, pound. Uh, prize pool with his Dutch playing partner David Jong, known as Rojo, and uh, they finished second. And that's actually their prize pool for second in the duos. Um, and the the kind of the shocking thing about Jaden is that uh, he actually had to rebuy his Xbox because his mom threw it out for playing too much Fortnite, and now he's got a million pounds in the bank. <laughs> yeah. Did you see any of the uh, Fortnite stuff streaming? Because it was streaming all weekend. It was like Friday, no. Saturday, Sunday. No. Um, it was all over. Like, there's independent Twitch channels that are doing watch-alongs. Um, I don't know how the big they are in the UK, but in the US, IGN is a huge platform, and they were doing streams with that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, because I, uh, I was watching uh, the boys mostly. Uh, and by, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about the Amazon show, by the way. Uh, yeah, I, I, I finally thought. finished that show. Yeah, um, I was watching that mostly. Uh, I think I only did watch three episodes on the Friday, but anyway, the, you know, the, I've already mentioned the uh, season one review that's out there. Um, yeah, I did read. I think on Monday morning, m- maybe or like on some some point on Monday or maybe Tuesday about the three million stuff, and I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's that's kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, just Twitch is getting is it staying the same or getting bigger. I think Twitch is getting bigger. Um, just like the huge stuff that's being streamed on there all the time, I, I'm I'm surprised that um, I don't know if what Twitch's availability to do this is, but like if they if they start doing their own like original TV shows or something, because you could stream those, um, mm-hmm. like if you got like scripts and actors and stuff to to do stuff in. But I mean, at the moment, it's mainly focused on like game streaming and talk shows and uh, anything that can be streamed on Twitch, basically. So. Um, yeah, I know um, the PlayStation Network did some kind of original programming. I know I brought it up before. I haven't heard anything from it. 
and I really wish I could remember who was involved with it because I know somebody big in the gaming industry was involved with it, but I don't know in the PS3 era, they try to do some original programming. I wouldn't be opposed to watching uh, Twitch. But yeah. when you think about it, how many articles have we talked about over the various podcasts, for the various gaming podcasts, to where we've talked about how much money um, Fortnite was bringing in with like skin sales and all that. And this huge prize pool was definitely um, Epic's way of giving back to the fans and renewing the energy in the fan base. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I saw, if I kind of casually played the game and I was halfway good at it, and I saw somebody doing a solo won $3 million, I would definitely get back into it and try to be better. I mean, I suck at those kind of games, so I'm not going to be jumping back into Fortnite anytime soon. But anybody that's even halfway good at it is going to be trying so much harder. They're going to get so many more players and so many more streamers and recoup some of that $30 million through some of the skins and sales. It's a win-win all around. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be so. I mean, this might already be happening event uh, already, but I wouldn't be surprised if, like live sports was like eventually shown on twitch so like some cricket games or some football matches or rugby or american football or whatever i mean it's probably there probably is already some of that happening on twitch i just haven't come across it or found it um but i'm talking about like what about if uh they got champions league matches or if they got um like some world cup stuff or whatever like some of the really really big stuff um to stream on there they they could do that eventually i suppose so because it would be the same as watching you know, the Cricket World Cup final on BBC, you would just watch it live on Twitch instead. Um, and that could that could probably work that way. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what things get uh, added to Twitch in the future. Like I said, I think eventually they probably will get into um, TV stuff because you can still watch that stuff, like, on demand, in, mm-hmm. in quotes. Like, if you go to past broadcasts or whatever, you can still watch that, but... Um, I mean, because we kind of pass the like you still you do still have like quote unquote live TV. I mean, it's obviously filmed and scripted, and then it just airs on whatever channel, whatever time. But um, yeah, I think you could do something similar to that. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right, what else do you have to talk about? Uh, well, when talking about Epic, uh, it's a bit of a not a bummer per se. I mean, it's just unfortunately the way the game's been going. Um, something I know I've talked about at some point, but it's probably been a long time ago, is MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. That game was kickstarted about 2015, got enough money to get the development cycle rolling. Um, there hasn't been like a proper move-and-shoot kind of MechWarrior game for almost 17 years, which is when MechWarrior 4 came out. Oh. Um, Epic Gaming Store decided to gobble up Pariah Games in the sense that they're taking over MechWarrior 5. Um, so the game was originally kickstarted and finalized in 2016, got delayed a couple of times, uh, was delayed into earlier this year. They just announced yesterday that it's getting pushed into 2020, and it is going to be an Epic Store exclusive. So if this is a game that you were kind of looking forward to and you already have it on pre-order on Steam, I would definitely look into that to see to make sure you get your refund. Um, if you're a Kickstarter backer and you were promised a Steam code, definitely look into that because who knows uh, what the hell would ever happen with that um, because we've had several instances to where somebody did a Kickstarter was promised a Steam code and they were even refused an opportunity for a refund which that's the only real issue that I've had with it is that if you promise something deliver it or give them their money back if you won't even give a refund then that's the only real issue that I have with that yeah um yeah, well, you said that, you know, that's the only kind of issue that you had with uh, 
with the thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of find um, Kickstarters and all that kind of stuff a little bit strange um, sometimes. It's almost like, I mean, because I find petitions kind of annoying, especially the whole stupid Game of Thrones one this year, which I'm not, I'm not getting into that. Um, but like certain other things that I've seen to where uh, people want certain things, but um, yeah, in terms of Kickstarter stuff, it just depends on uh, like maybe the developer and what they're what they're promising and stuff. Um, I've never really contributed to one myself. I mean, I don't think you'd call like a Patreon account the same thing because I've been um, like Bold Move their club membership thing. I'm a subscriber to that, but that's not a Kickstarter to lead into something. They do mm-hmm. like, they do content every every week, every month, or whatever. Um, like they have their weekly. Um, lunch podcasts and stuff and i listen to those uh and I'm, I'm not trying to promote uh bold move i'm just giving an example um and then uh yeah i've been like i've been in and out of certain patreon stuff but that's not like not really the same thing that's a that's a creator basically saying hey we're gonna make this thing every week every month whatever and you're gonna contribute and pay for it but um yeah it really does just kind of depend depend on who's doing it what they're promising and stuff but it's never this has never really been something that i've i've uh looked at i know there was the whole shenmue thing a while mm-hmm. ago i can't remember how that ended up finishing but um in terms of games and stuff that i've i've looked at and things like that there's never really been much kickstarter sort of stuff involved the only example i could really give was didn't uh ukulele have a uh, kickstarter sort of thing um i think that's something like that happening but then i just rented the game when it came out so um, i forget i honestly don't remember yeah i think that was one game that i can that i actually played that i had something because i I remember shenmue 3 did have something but i've uh, not paid attention to that is that game out yet uh shenmue 3 i know that the one and two collection no it's not out out so (laughs) even close i think it's gonna be at least 2020 before that comes out Hmm. interesting Alright, but yeah, that's my only kind of thoughts on, like, Kickstarter stuff, so, uh, yeah, um, anything else you want to say about this? Uh, no, but like I said, it's just one of those things that it's unfortunate that, uh, it, it's not going to be part of Steam, because I remember looking at it on Steam as a pre-order, and now I just checked and it's gone, so that's, that's kind of a bummer, I mean, it's not unexpected, I mean, how many stories have we covered in the last couple, three months of, Epic buying up a game for exclusive rights. I mean, that goes back mm-hmm. to it was Division 2, Metro Exodus, a couple others. I mean, they're definitely trying to build their brand and build their store, but if building their brand means, oh, everything you were promised as a Kickstarter, yeah, fuck that. No. That's yeah. not the best way to build your brand. Not great. So, yeah, we'll see what uh, what they get next. So Yep. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, last thing I want to talk about, I did want to end on an upbeat, which I which is why I moved this to the last. Um, if you're a fan of Overwatch, uh, at least here in the U.S., I don't know how well it translates to the U.K., uh, you're going to be given a lot more opportunities to watch it. Um, just uh, yesterday, um, Overwatch League announced that it's coming to the big family brand, as they're calling it, which is ESPN, Disney, ABC, and streaming. So I... Is ESPN a thing in the UK? I think so. It's one of those kind of weird things I've, to where... I've, I think I've seen it over here before, but I think it's kind of disappeared. Because basically over here we've got Sky Sports and BT, and those are the two like big paid sports things. Uh, and then sometimes they're yeah, on ITV and uh, BBC. It's mainly those four that show sports stuff. 
Yeah, ESPN is a cable sports uh, channel. It's huge. I mean, that's where you go to go all the primetime sports, all the sports news. It is the kind of iconic name when you talk about cable sports and catching up with everything. And they're part of some, like, megacorp that includes ABC and Disney, which is why it's called the Family Networks. Uh, so this is a multi-year broadcast deal with the Overwatch League playoffs, uh, which begin Wednesday night, which I guess is tonight. Uh, includes season one grand finales from Barclays Center in New York, uh, Overwatch, Overwatch uh, season two next year. Uh, it's, I mean, it's huge getting on that. Yeah, here's the dates. Uh, the, yeah, so the Overwatch League and playoffs have already since concluded because it's uh, Friday, July 27th, and then Saturday, Sunday, July 28th and 9th, which was this last weekend. Um, but it's gonna it's got all the teams, it's more exposure for the teams in terms of you know, they're on basically mainstream. This would be um like something as a A sports getting covered in the Guardian on page one. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting that that's where we're kinda going with esports is that it's just become more and more obvious that this is a legitimate thing. So it's starting to get can covered in a legitimate way, which is always exciting. Yeah, um, kind of ties into what I said with with Twitch and stuff. That um, you know, it it's a bit of a case of you know when you have ESPN and Sky and BT and all all these different services, it's really just going to be the case that uh, I mean, I kind of saw it happen a few years ago when BT Sport wasn't a thing, and then they came along and they said, hey, you know, Champions League matches are expiring or whatever on uh, Sky, and we're gonna put in the check and launch Sky Sport at uh, BT Sports, and then. That was that basically. Uh, so it is just going to be a continued case of, yeah, it is just going to be the case that like you know, once contracts run out, who's got the biggest check, and it's just going to be uh, the richer companies, which at the moment seems to be Disney. So, um, and they don't they own ESPN now because of the Fox thing. Yeah, they're part of. I mean, ESPN has been owned by ABC and Disney Corp for a while now. Mm-hmm. That's why I called it kind of a megacorp because those are individual brands in terms of product, but they're kind of part of the same family. Uh, the real interesting thing is to see if they're going to be able to translate that to the average person. Because I very clearly remember about 20 years ago, ESPN was trying to broadcast uh, Magic the Gathering tournaments. And you kind of had to know every single card in the game, not even just in the person's deck in the game because they were going so fast and it didn't really translate to a general audience in terms of the casual audience. Um, and then at least over here with ESPN, you've got world series of poker, but that goes a little bit slower pace and it's a little easier to explain the rules and to explain what's going on versus something like magic. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see if they can hire the uh, broadcasters to explain the game at that pace for everybody to really kind of keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. So, uh, Did you say that was your last thing? Yep, that was my last thing. Cool. Um, I got some games with gold, but I've got two different sets of games somehow. Uh, so I'm going to read them both. and Because um, I got a, a tweet from Shinobi, uh, who is, you know, he tweets out, I think he works for Woosh Studios or something like that. Um, he often tweets like video game stuff and he's got a, t- a tweet here for the games of gold and then I've got down because I looked at them looked them up before we started recording and we have one different game but uh, the two games that we do have that are on both 
uh, sections uh, Gears of War 4, Xbox One, available August 1st to 31st, uh, Forza Motorsport 6, Xbox One, August 16th, September 15th, and then this is where things get a bit different, because on Shinobi's tweet, it's got Torchlight, Torchlight uh, yeah, just Torchlight, which is available August 1st to 15th. Then on the notes I've got, it says Big Crown Shadowdown um, Xbox One. So that would be three Xbox One games, so I don't think that's correct. But then where that changes on his tweet, it says Castlevania Lords of Shadows, which I think is a different one to what they offered uh, last month, and that's on the Xbox 360 side. But um, yeah, you've definitely got Gears of War 4 and Forza Motorsport 6 in here. Um, so yeah, what do you yeah, think, I think- of- I think the Lord of Shadows one is the accurate one, because when I looked it up real quick, Mm -hmm. that's what popped up as well. Yeah, I don't know where I got this other game from then. Um, But yeah, when I looked it up, that was the first thing that came up, so it's weird that that sort of got an error there. Um, Yeah, a lot of people were really disappointed with this month. I don't know why. you got Castlevania in here, you got Forza, you got Gears of War 4. What else do you want? (laughs) Yeah, I think that Gears of War is more for like a hype up to Gears Five, but I don't think yeah. that has released date anytime soon. I think it's um, September eleventh or tenth or something. So yeah, and I could have swore Gear Fours was already part of uh, Games with Gold. I mean, Games Pass rather. I think it so. Is. I don't know about that. So, um, I mean, they put it on both now. So mm-hmm. yeah, they really want you to have Gears of War Four, uh, which again makes sense. Gears Five's coming out. And they want you on that train. So, um, yeah, I think now all of them are have been uh, games of gold. Because I'm pretty sure all of the other four games, because you've got Judgment as well, have all mm-hmm. been free at some point. So, yeah, you could have, if you downloaded all the previous ones, uh, you could potentially have all the Gears of War games as uh, games with gold. Um, yeah, I don't know why people are disappointed with this month. But... I don't know. I mean, they're not any games that I would play personally. I don't know what Torchlight is. Um, the Castlevania one, um, I might check it out, but I'm honestly more tempted to buy the uh, Konami Castlevania Collection for 20 bucks okay. and just have all those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got three really big franchises in there, uh, Castlevania, Gears, and Forza. So uh, you, you, do always, you do usually have the one game that's like the weird thing that no one's ever really seen or heard of before but i guess mm-hmm. that's that that's their way of kind of getting you to check out this game you've not really discovered before because like i would guess most gamers have heard of forza gears and um castlevania so that's kind of the other mm-hmm. title that they want you to check out so yeah that's your games of gold yeah and sometimes you get yeah. what, what was you gonna say sorry go ahead I was just going to say, sometimes you get absolute gems that you never would have discovered. Like, uh, when one of those months, a couple, about a year or so back, was uh, uh, Numa Breath of Life. And it was a very short game. You basically can 100% it in one playthrough. Mm-hmm. But it was brilliant. It's just something I would never would have looked at if it not, had not been on gold. So, mm-hmm. Yep, that's your uh, Games of Gold for August 2019. And, of course, we mentioned the uh, PS Plus games. Alright, let's get on to, uh, got lots of FIFA and Pro Evolution Soccer news, which, um, I know most of these players, so, uh, yeah, FIFA 20 covers have been revealed, there's three different ones, because this game isn't made by CD Projekt Red. Uh, the standard edition has got Hazard, or Eden Hazard, from Real Madrid, he was a former Chelsea player, uh, this upcoming season, which starts, well, now, they're doing all the preseason games at the moment, um, 
yeah, he's this is going to be his first season at Real Madrid. He was uh, brought uh, from Chelsea last season or in the summer transfer window. Uh, which I believe was for free because they let his contract go down for some unknown reason. Um, and uh, that always confuses me when you have a... Because, like, Eden Hazard is no small player. And Chelsea were just like, hey, we're going to let his contract run down and let him leave for free. I'll never understand why that happens. So, because um, fair enough if you have, like, your reserve players and you don't want to renew their contracts. But that just never makes sense to me. Uh, and Man United did it with two players this year, which really annoyed me. So, but yeah, standard standard edition, which is the normal uh, lowest priced edition of the game, will have Eden Hazard from uh, who's now playing for Real Madrid. Um, so yeah, uh, Hazard's a really really fantastic player, and given the fact that he's now going to be playing in the Spanish league instead of the English league, uh, the Spanish league is a lot lot slower. If he scores less than 20 league goals uh, for the Bundesliga, not the Bundesliga, the uh, La, La Liga, as it's called, I'll be very, very surprised because he scored a good amount of goals in the Premier League. But um, yeah, the the Spanish league is just a lot slower, which for a quick player like him, it's going to really kind of suit him. Just in the same way that Ronaldo uh, fit in really well at Real Madrid. But um, yeah, he's going to be on the standard, standard edition. And then on the Champions edition, you've got uh, Virgil van Dijk, who is from Liverpool. I think this is called the Champions Edition because Liverpool won the... Uh, well, I think there's a Liverpool player on there because Liverpool won the Champions League last season. Uh, they beat Tottenham in the final. I think it was 2-0. Um, but yes, he's going to be the... And it's strange because... Well, it might be a different deal kind of thing, but he's not the Liverpool captain. That's Jordan Henderson. Um, if he still is the captain, I think he still is. Um, so they're going to have him on the Champions Edition. And then on the, I've got a screenshot for this one, on the Ultimate Edition, you're going to have Zinedine Zidane, who is, well, a retired footballer. Uh, he's now the manager of Real Madrid. At least he was last season. He might have moved, uh, but I think he was manager there last season. Um, so, yeah, he might be in charge of Eden Hazard this season, if he's still there, if they both stay there, although Hazard should stay there. Um, yeah, Zidane's quite a, quite the legend, quite the French um, striker legend for uh, Real Madrid. Scored a lot of goals for them in the past, and he's going to be on the Ultimate Edition. I'm guessing that that means, because uh, in their FIFA Ultimate team, they have these legend players that you can get, like oh, classic old players that have retired, but they're like, you know, legends. I'm guessing he's probably going to be in there as well, uh, if he's not already in there. I haven't played Ultimate Team for like four or five years, so I don't know what legends they've currently got. Um, yeah, any thoughts on these these players? Or the, the edition of the games? Some of the names I recognize just from my background and trying to keep up with all sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to legends, really just depends on what kind of collective bargaining agreement is done with the league and what kind of checks are getting written. Um, we're, and we see that here in the States with uh, Major League Baseball and, you know, the National Basketball Association and the American Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some, some of it is like kind of like a group collectiving thing to where some people... You know, we have their name and likenesses attached to a uh, franchise from, like, back in the day, like in the 60s and 70s. And so their likeness can still be used. Obviously, they have to extrapolate their stats uh, because the games were played so differently back then. It doesn't really kind of equate to the game as is now. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's just strictly an American thing because, you know, at least with the American leagues, Technology changes, rules changes, um, training changes, so everything changes. And so stats, you know, for one player back in the day, you know, could either be really, really high or really, really lower, comparing it to modern day. 
but you know, again, it's just if you're a fan of sports, it's more sports for you, so you can't really knock it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and sticking with because I will move on to some Pro Evolution Soccer news in a minute, but we've got some more FIFA news as well. They've apparently FIFA 20, which is the upcoming next release, of course, for FIFA, uh, has apparently lost the Juventus license. Which uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who moved from Real Madrid to uh, Juventus, I believe that was last season. I think he's played a season there at Juventus. Uh, they've lost the Juventus license, which means they can't use all of the names and stuff. I, I don't know what this is, is going to look like for FIFA because I've never really seen them use like a, a different named version of a player because that used to be what Pro Evolution Soccer would have. Like they would have. Um, Manchester Red would be Man United and like uh, Merseyside Blue would be Everton or something. It would usually use like their city name and then their colour or something to, to make up the name. Um, mm-hmm. or, or with Arsenal it would be like uh, London Red because uh, they're a London team and they wear red kits or whatever. And they would usually go with that. So I've I've not, uh, other than the news of them losing the licence, I don't know what... Um, Ronaldo Ronaldo's a huge, huge player and so are Juventus. They're a big team. Uh, so I don't know what kits and stuff they're going to be able to use for FIFA, uh, or if they'll be able to rectify it in some way. But I thought that was really weird and interesting. So uh, yeah, um, in terms of yes, they did add some more legends players to uh, FIFA Ultimate Team. They've added two so far uh, for FIFA 20. Uh, former Arsenal striker legend Ian Wright, um, who is currently they're, they're called pundits. They're the people that like you know during the halftime and stuff like that. You'll mm-hmm. sometimes get the, re- the retired footballers or people like that that uh, you know talk about the match basically a bit like we're doing here, but they'll do it usually in halftime. They'll give their thoughts on the half that they've just seen. Then once the game finishes, or even like just Sky Sports News will sometimes have people like that. So um, yeah, they're adding Ian Wright, so he was a former Arsenal striker, uh, and then they're adding um, Ronald uh, Koeman, who's a player I'm not quite as familiar with. He's a Dutch footballer. And he manages the Dutch national team at the moment. So, um, yeah, again, like I said, not so familiar, not so familiar with uh, Coman, but I definitely know who uh, Ian Wright is. So, I found that pretty interesting. Uh, moving on to Pro Evolution Soccer's cover, who they're going to have for theirs. They've got just one, I think, um, and of course, it's made by Konami. They're going to have uh, Scott McTominay, who is a strange choice because he's basically like an up-and-coming. Uh, Manchester United player. He's been playing in some of the preseason games, and apparently he's been doing like kind of good. He's still like you know 21. He's still very very young, so he could probably be with Man United for a number of years. Um, but they've actually got four footballers on the front of their cover, um, like the top, bottom, left and middle, uh, left and right. Sorry, they've got four different players. Uh, the others are going to be Lionel Messi, which I'm sure more people are kind of familiar with. He's one of the bigger players from uh, Barcelona. Uh, and then they're going to have uh, Bayern Munich's uh, Sergei uh, Gnabry, and then Juventus's Miriam uh, Pjanic. Um, who have, those other two are fairly big players, um, but uh, obviously Messi is the big name there. Um, which of those four names do you recognize? I mean, I know Messi. I've heard that name mm-hmm. several times. Uh, the rest, kind of in the periphery, I've heard of-ish. But I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm familiar with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I am curious about, talking about the covers, is there a UK equivalent to the Madden Curse? I don't think so. Okay, for those people that don't know, um, for the American League, the NFL, uh, John Madden was a legendary coach back in the 70s and 80s. 
and then became the voice in the franchise for the video game series. That's why it's called Madden. That's who that is. It's John Madden. And for about 15-ish years, not so much recently, but every year, literally every single year for about 10 to 15 years, whoever was on the cover of NFL Madden game, either they got hurt and were out of the season really, really early in the season, or they had an absolute shit year. And I mean just, like, (laughs) terrible. And if you do a uh, internet search on Madden curse. You can see it's like just like apocalyptically bad numbers or they were injured and out for the season before the season even started. And so there was a couple of years where before the game was even announced pro footballers, at least American footballers were saying, I don't want to be on the cover. And this is like a big payday. They were getting to be on the cover of the Madden game and they were turning it down out of uh, superstition. It's weird. The only similar thing I can um, compare that to is for for years and years and years, for a long, long time, they had Ronaldinho, who I'm sure is another recognizable name, and uh, Wayne Rooney, obviously, is a recognizable name. Um, It's funny because I think what... I don't have my maths quite exact on this, but um, I think when Ronaldinho came off of the cover, I think it was actually because he retired from football, and then when Ronaldo came off of the cover, he started to play really badly. But for the years that he was on it, he was like you know great to really good uh, on the uh, for for Man United and stuff. It, it was it was weird because yeah, around like 2011, 12ish is I think when he started to come off the cover or whatever, or when he wasn't on it anymore. And then he started to play really really badly to to the point where a player would make like a really basic pass to him and he just like couldn't control the ball to save his life and like he would go to do these shots and these passes and they would just, it would be like he didn't know how to play football, uh, which it, it suddenly just started weirdly happening. Um, and, and there's a phrase that's used in football sometimes, which is the wrong side of 30, which is basically when you hit 30 or 31, um, that you start to like dip as a footballer and you start to get a lot worse. Uh, of course that didn't apply to Ryan Giggs because he played until he was 40 and he's still amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the only kind of thing I can compare it to, which is when he came off of the covers, or off of the cover for FIFA, he started to play really bad, which is the opposite of what you're saying. So, uh, and like I said, Ronaldinho just—I think he retired shortly after he came off, so obviously he wasn't playing anymore. Um, yeah, it's it's weird when those sorts of things happen. So, um, yeah, it's always interesting to see who they pick for certain covers. So, uh, I thought I'd add that in there. Plus, you've got both sports games in there, so can kind of. Uh, Getting them both in there. Uh, that's all the news I've got this week. We do have uh, four emails this week, which is very nice and very interesting. Uh, of course, if you would like to submit any questions, comments, feedback for not just random random gaming talk, for, but for any of our other shows or to get in contact, MatthewWoodEntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. Juliet says, hey Matt, uh, so did you see the gameplay video of someone making a crash game in Dreams? I know it's something you have discussed before. I did see that video. Because Insomniac, uh, I think it was Insomniac, uh, Insomniac tweeted out, um, no, Insomniac tweeted out the um, Ratchet and Clank one that somebody did. Somebody else tweeted out the uh, Crash Bandicoot one. It was much more in the line of, I don't know how familiar you are with, with this version, but the, the Twin Sanity game. And basically what they did with that was, um, you know how Crash Bandicoot is more like Corridor 
base. Like you'd you'd head straight in one direction and you'd avoid all the enemies and get the boxes and stuff. This was very much like an open world Crash Bandicoot game where it was still you know you jump around, you smash the boxes and stuff, but um, it was open world. Um, and the gameplay video seemed to be it was still kind of linear, but it definitely had the same twin sanity sort of feel to it. I thought it looked fairly good for someone that's like probably not a developer that made it. Uh, so I thought that was interesting as well. And yeah, that is a kind of way to keep certain old games, cancelled games, dead IP, that sort of stuff around. So um, yeah, Dreams could be good for that sort of stuff. Um, Peter says, uh, hey fellas, just wanted your thoughts on the new Wolfenstein game being more Destiny Division-esque. I know Matt had plans to play it but wasn't sure about Robert. Did you have any plans to play the new Wolfenstein? Youngblood, I think it's called. No, not really. I mean, it's not a franchise that I had that much interest in to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every review that I've seen from a YouTuber or a streamer that I kind of know their background in games and can kind of judge whether or not I would like their games based on how they review it and how they play their games has absolutely tanked it. So Yeah, I'm very, very skeptical to go and play it now. I've heard that basically, like... Okay, there's because there's, it's BJ's um, daughters, uh, like I think they're twin daughters or whatever, twin sisters. I've heard that like their dialogue back and forth is very good, and they're very good like protagonists. But the game's got like microtransactions, and it's got like more of an open world feel to it as opposed to this sort of because you go back to your base in Wolfenstein and stuff when you finish missions, but for the most part, it's pretty linear missions. So I'm I'm. I'm really quite disappointed in that because I was excited for basically if they took... Was it the New Order, the the, the previous Wolfenstein game? I think that was what it was called. Um, I was excited for it to be basically that, but you take over as the, the daughters or the sisters or whatever. Uh, and that could have been really, really interesting. So I, I'm still going to try and jump in and see what it's like, but I'm very, very skeptical to, to go in now. And uh, like my my expectations have been significantly lowered for that, which is really disappointing. So, uh, But I'll see how it turns out for me when I play it. Because, yeah, I watched about 10 minutes of Jim Sterling's 23-minute video. Um, and I watched a lot of... Uh, Alana Pierce did a video as well on her channel. I think I watched all of that. I'm not sure. But I, I watched most of both of those videos. Uh, what else is there in here? Jason says... Uh, so I know before you did um, your previous um, special episode regarding your single most anticipated game. I think that was episode 150 when we did that. Because we had David in here as well uh, for that one. Uh mm-hmm. What about just for 2019? I'm personally excited for Gears 5. Um, that's what Jason said. Um, I'm quite, I'm quite excited excited for Death Stranding, for Medieval, and for... I mean, I still haven't played Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, so that still does count. Um, Cyberpunk's now out this year. Um, Gears War 4... Sorry, Gears War 5 I'm kind of interested in, but I'm wondering just narratively-wise what they're going to do because in terms of multiplayer stuff for that I really don't care that much uh, I know there's people that like that stuff but that's not that's not why I play Gears of War uh, I want to see where they're going to take the story with, with everybody um, what else is there out this year uh, you've got um, Link's Awakening I'm excited to see just the difference with that com- as compared to Breath of the Wild because I really liked Breath of the Wild um, what else there? you've got some Switch games like Astral Chain you've got things like um, Control uh, from from Remedy, I guess I've picked like seven or whatever, but there there isn't one particular standout. I mean, my like I said, my single most anticipated game is a uh, Last of Us Two, but that's probably not coming out this year. Um, how about you? Because I know obviously, uh, I think you said Cyberpunk in that episode, and that's also coming out. 
uh, next year as well. But what about the rest of this year for you? Well, for this year, I'm definitely excited for Death Stranding to come out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll play it or not, but I want it to come out just so I know what the hell it's about. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm Only Kojima knows. So. Yeah, I don't even think he knows, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's funny uh, when I... I think I listened to uh, I it. Def- I think I listened to an interview that Norman Reedus did like last year, and he was just talking about working with uh, Kojima, and he's like, I don't know what this game's about, but Kojima's like a genius, and he's a really cool guy, so... Um, yeah, obviously uh, Norman Reedus doesn't know either. So, mm-hmm. and he's the protagonist of the game. So, uh, or it seems like he is. We, yeah, you never know what might happen. Um, um, as for games that I will play, definitely the Outer Worlds, which we talked about earlier in the podcast. Just because mm-hmm. I'm a huge Fallout fan, and even with my issues with the Fallout New Vegas in terms of the story, um, the they look like they're kind of more on track of what I want out of a story with the Outer Worlds mm-hmm. plus the fact that they definitely scaled it to be completely freeform in terms of the storyline um, I'm really can't I really just can't wait for that game to come out so I can play it mm-hmm. and that's kind of my big two of the year that's still left for the, uh, the second half of the year yeah if I was to pick two I would say Death Stranding and uh, Control I'm specifically quite interested for but the two games I'm I guess curious about that I will play a bit more of like hey I don't know quite what this will be like is uh, probably Link's Awakening and uh, like Astral Chain or something so yeah I can't wait for you to play Link's Awakening just because that's a game that I played on the original Game Boy which by the way um, was is the 30 year anniversary today yeah. Um, yeah. of the original Game Boy at least for the US launch and so this was a game that I was playing about 25-ish years ago, and mm-hmm. so I'll be curious to see how that translates to the next generation. Cool, yeah. I mean, because Breath of the Wild's got more, like, serious tones and stuff, and this looks much more sort of just charming and fun, that type of angle. I'm curious to see what they'll do. Like, m- my sort of shift towards that, C- coming away from Breath of the Wild and going to Link's Awakening, what that will be like. But I'm definitely going to try and give the game as much of a chance as possible. Uh, just because they've sort of, like, Nintendo's got my interest now for Zelda, so we'll see what that's like. Uh, yeah, so I guess those games are the ones that we picked. We can't pick just one because there's too many good games. Uh, Philip says, so there's been a lot of discussion on the podcast re- regarding video game to TV and film adaptions. Obviously, we've had a lot of, like, news about that lately. Uh, did you both recently see the Twitter post from Terry Crews and Dave Batista about the Gears of War movie? I, I, I did, but, like... <sighs> I, I I just I don't know I've lost faith in video game films but I never really had faith to begin <laughs> with so <laughs> yeah yeah and let, we should explain that you did catch some not completely all but you did tell me you saw a little bit of the Super Mario Brothers movie and Jesus that it just completely that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah n- now you understand why I've bagged on video games movies for so much because that was kind of the progenitor <laughs> of video game movies. Um, I could see the two of them having fun making that movie. Now, that's not to say the movie would be any good. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't matter what actors you throw at a movie doesn't make it to be good. I mean, let's let's remember that both The Rock and Carl Urban were in a Doom movie. And while that's an okay movie to sit to shut your brain off for a couple hours with a giant bowl of popcorn, Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to remotely call that movie good. And you've got arguably two of the biggest stars in Hollywood in that movie, and it was still garbage. 
Now right. you can sit down and have it to be enjoyable garbage, but it's still garbage. So I mean, I mean, you you could theoretically come up with a halfway decent enough script for a Gears Five movie, or, or rather for a Gears of War movie, just because it's not like Super Mario Brothers or Doom or some other game that never had to have a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, those games from the start had a decent story. How much of that you could translate into film? is debatable mm-hmm. but i'd watch it i would at least give it a chance because you've got dave patista who has been petitioning literally four years to be in a gears movie and terry cruz which is just absolute magic in anything and everything he does yeah so uh, if they said like hey we want to do like a, a netflix show or hbo or whatever um like i don't i don't expect all of these video game tv shows to be on the streaming service. They don't have to be on HBO. I mean, for for Gears of War, it probably would need to, just because of the violence and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like the, the chainsaw stuff and all that. Um, that would get me much more excited. I would... I, I agree with you. I would give... You know, it's got Dave Bautista and Terry Crews, very, very good actors. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's actually wrapping up its uh, sixth season over here. I think it's got two episodes left for, for the UK release, and he's been really great in this season uh, and all the other seasons as well. Um... I, I would still watch it just because, like, Gears of War is a franchise I'm interested in. You've got two good actors who will probably be the leads, um, and that would be interesting. Now, they haven't confirmed that it's in development. They just want to do it, so we might not get the film anyway. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I can't stop thinking about the Super Mario Brothers film. Because I, 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 played, I played the first, like, couple of seconds, and it was doing, like, a logo intro or whatever. And then I skipped uh, like a minute or so, and I, I was like kind of jumping around with, in between bits of the film just just to see what it looked like. I didn't know quite what it looked like or whatever. I jumped like a minute or so in, and I was like, okay, I have no idea what's kind of going on. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna jump like an hour into like a random scene of this. Well, it's like a couple of more minutes. I just couldn't believe what I, what I'd seen. So, <laughs> yeah. and now that's pain, and you can't get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, just the whole thing was like absolute garbage. Mm -hmm. And again, it goes back to my original point. I mean, you had Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper. Excellent actors in so many things. And they couldn't turn that steaming pile of garbage into anything but a steaming pile of garbage. Yeah. The the one clear scene I saw was Mario and Peach were in some place somewhere. Peach had, like, hit someone over the head, and then, like, she said to Mario or something, like, hey, we got to get out of here. He started using this spanner on this door, and then I just clicked it off, so. hmm <laughs> Yeah, so. That's that. But, um, yeah, uh, interesting note to end things on here today, because that's all the uh, the news and stuff and whatever that we have. We do have some other bits and pieces, but I'm going to save those for, uh, for next week. So, uh, just some other, like, smaller bits, so. Um, yeah, if you've seen the, the Super Mario Brothers film, or if you <laughs> want to uh, message us about anything uh, video game related, or any th- or any of the other podcasts that we've done, again, MatthewWoodEntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, and yeah, go have a look at the new menu that we got on the website, and let me know what you all think. I made sure that it fit on um, mobile devices as well, because that's obviously important, so... Uh, yeah, go and have a look at that and the rest of our content that we've got, which is on entertainmenttalk.org. Um, yeah, we've got another s- series that's coming to a close, iZombie. Uh, we're doing the series finale review next week, and then after that we'll be doing a series wrap-up. So uh, look out for that as well. 
Um, Alright, uh, yes, entertainmenttool.org is where you can find all the content and on uh, podcast platforms as well. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon. We also have an Amazon affiliate link. We're also on iTunes. Uh, so please rate, review and subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, you can just tap on the star rating if you want to do that. That helps us out as well. And I will continue to check that. Uh, there's apparently some new uh, iTunes category stuff that's been put out. So I'll have a look into that as well. But uh, that's more on my side of things to do. Uh, word of mouth, tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and iTunes feeds. If you see people talking about the boys on Amazon or any TV shows, video games or films really, uh, let them know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Social media, you can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different Facebook groups if you're allowed to. And video games, which is what you've been here for, for the last hour or so, or however long we've been going. Uh, and uh, you can watch us play different video games. Me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.